0: Uh, We are blessed to be together and to to open the Word of God. If you'll open your Bibles with me, please, to 1 Samuel chapter 23. Excuse me, 2 Samuel chapter 23. We're going to look in the Word of God this morning. Kids, good morning. You're doing a great job. Next Sunday, we will begin nursery classes for babies, for infants and toddlers. Uh, We've had surveys going out and talking to parents about whether or not you feel comfortable with that. We're taking extra safety precautions with um, all kind of sanitation back in the kids' wing and things like that. And so we're trying to keep our kids very safe. um, And also, it's helpful to have childcare for us so that we can engage with the word. So we're gonna do just infants and toddlers uh, classes through the month of July, and then we're gonna reassess in September to see whether or not we'll enter into any um, elementary school classes. But for now, it will just be the little guys which is basically through age kindergarten. Uh, We'll have classes starting next week through July, and then we'll reassess and see how we're doing. Good. If there's any questions on that, please shoot us an email to Suzanne or myself, and we'd love to talk to you about it. Kids are doing a great job, and we love having you in the meeting with us. It's good. My boys uh, were telling me the other day how much they enjoy the singing. I don't know if they enjoy everything else, but they love the singing, at least. (laughs) 2 Samuel 23, here's what's happening. David is being installed as king. He's been anointed to be the king of Israel. Uh, There was a previous king named Saul who had been the king. And God has called David to be the king. And David has mighty men with him who are his uh, generals of his army, basically. They're great warriors. They're men of renown who've done great things. And these mighty men are with David. And they have one heart together, which is to install David as king. So that's what they're doing. In this particular time, there are uh, Philistines, which is a rival nation that, has, that is attacking Israel and in particular has taken different parts, including David's home city of Bethlehem. And so uh, the nation is divided by war. There's all kinds of things happening. Saul is still the king at this time, and he's fighting other places against the Philistines and others. He's also pursuing David uh, because he doesn't want David to be king. It's kind of a messy situation. And with all that having been said, we get a glimpse into the government that god is establishing with david who will be a king that will be like christ in some ways so david is just a man he's going to fail when he fails he fails really big Uh, when he wins he wins really big Uh, david is is a guy but david is a guy after god's own heart that doesn't mean that he's always seeking god sometimes he is sometimes he fails in that what it means is god chose him to be king because God is using him to reveal things to the Israelites about what his kingdom looks like. And so David is going to show us in a little microcosm of what Christ's perfect rule will look like, uh, of course, without all the failures and things like that. But God's going to use all those things to display to us what God's big king, Jesus Christ, will eventually look like. And in this passage in 2 Samuel 23, Uh, The Philistines have taken over that area of Bethlehem, and David is speaking to his generals, to his mighty men, and they do a great exploit. So let's read together, and we're going to see what that says, what happens there. We're going to look at 2 Samuel chapter 23, starting at verse 13. Here's what it says. And three of the thirty chief men went down and came about harvest time to David at the cave of Abdullam. And a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephaim. David was then in a stronghold, and the garrisons of the Philistines were then at Bethlehem. And David said longingly, Oh, that someone would give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem that is by the gate. Then three of the mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and carried it back to David. But he would not drink it. He poured it out to the Lord and said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I shall do this. Shall I drink the blood of those men who went at risk of their own lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. These things the three mighty men did. What a cool story. Now, you have to use your imagination a little bit and build into the story of what's happening, uh, which we'll do together in just a moment. But why have I read this story to you? When I was a young man, I went to college, and I joined the military, and I read this passage, and it affected me. And as a young man, having read this passage, I had a prayer. My prayer was, Lord, use the experiences of my life, of, of finishing high school and graduating and going to college and military and whatever else, that I might hear just the whisper of your intention, that I can follow your heart and whatever you say, so that like these mighty men who have a heart to serve David, they just hear not even the order, but just the longing of his heart, and they're ready to risk their lives and respond. I said, Lord, help me to be a servant like that. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm, not, I'm definitely not perfect in that. Uh, but that was my prayer at the time. And interestingly enough, four years later, I had finished military training and finished college, and I was being commissioned as a lieutenant in the army, and the chaplain stood up to give his little... Uh, address thing at my commissioning ceremony and he said turn to Second Samuel 23 and read this passage and it, it was a cool moment of um, <laughs> the Lord responding to my prayer I'm going to tell you be careful what you pray though <laughs> uh, because it, he didn't use all nice things to do that and, I'm, and being not perfect at it and still asking the Lord to have a heart open to him um, because I am far from the ex- exploits of these guys Uh, I will tell you that God is faithful. And if he says yes to that prayer, if you pray it, he will change you. And he may use means that you did not see coming. But to him be the glory. We're better for it, aren't we? Can we look back at some of the suffering of the past and say, wow, look how God took me through that. Look how God changed me. Look how God was glorified. Look how God did such great things. Even in moments when we seem to lose. Because he's so faithful. Maybe you're in a moment right now where you feel like you're losing. I'm telling you, God is faithful. God is faithful. He changes us to look like Jesus Christ. He brings us through. He is our king. Imagine with me in this story what's happening. Let's pretend that we have three guys, great Hebrew names like Ben and Jonah and Ephraim. Let's pretend those are the three names, okay? Good Hebrew kind of names. So Ben and Jonah and Ephraim here, David, who's going to be the king, just whisper the intention, his longing to go get some water, from this well in Bethlehem. Now, is there anything special about this well? No, it's not magic. He's not gonna get this water and it's gonna turn him into some kind of Hulk fighting machine where he can win the battles. Uh, There's no, it's not, you know, the fountain of youth or something crazy. It's just a well. But it's his hometown and the intention of his heart is, my hometown is being subjugated by a foreign army. I wish I could drink that water. When you think about drinking water, do you think about drinking water in wartime? Do you think about drinking water in, uh, in the middle of the battle of playing soccer or playing lacrosse or playing whatever kind of sport you're playing, and you're tired and you're drinking that water? Usually when we think about just drinking water from a well, we think about a peaceful kind of scene, don't we? <clears throat> and so David is imagining this peaceful scene. What would it look like for peace to return to Bethlehem and to be able to stand there in peace and drink water from the well? Wouldn't that be wonderful? That's sort of the longing explained of what he's doing. And so Jonah and Ben and Ephraim, they hear this. I've made up these names, by the way. They've they've heard this, and they say to each other, we know what the king wants. And so based on their love for the king, they decide to set out. The problem is, as they leave by cover of night to go try to get into Bethlehem, there's a siege line that's been built, and the Philistines are guarding that line. And this is not in a time where you can jump into your Tesla that makes very little noise, or jump in your helicopter and fly over the line, or use a blimp, or whatever. There's no great machines to try to tunnel through the ground. They're going to have to physically run through where the bad guys are, if you will, to get into Bethlehem. So imagine with me. It's nighttime. It's the desert. You're far away from Bethlehem, miles and miles. You've been running already 10 miles, and now you find there's three of you, an encampment of Philistines, and there's hundreds of them. And you get there, and you see them, and you see the glint of their swords and their shields, and you look at your sword and your shield, and you think, there's no way. There is no way we can do this. And so imagine with me that Ben looks at Jonah and at Ephraim, and he says, brothers, He says, this is suicide. What are we doing? And Jonah looks at Ben right in the eyes and he says, remember what the king said. He said, I want a drink of the water. And suddenly Benjamin remembers his place in the army. He remembers that God has commissioned him to serve this king and that together their hearts are to raise him up, to install him as a ruler over Israel, that the king's heart is for peace, to take back this land. And he looks Jonah back in the eyes and he says, it's worth it. Why is it worth it? It's a drink of water. Because it represents something much bigger. It represents the heart of their leader. It represents their very obedience to God, who has instilled this man to be over them. And so together, they race through the line. They decide they'll run as fast as they can and just crash through the shields of whoever's there. And maybe it makes enough noise that they look around and they're confused. Maybe they think a horse has gotten loose and they're just going to run and run and run as fast as they can and not look back and maybe they'll outrun these guys. But they've already been running for 10 miles, so they're exhausted. And they decide, all right, let's do it together. And so they get in a line, in one single-file line, so that they can't tell how many are their numbers. And they run together, and one guard looks out, and he sees a guy running. And he says, who's that guy? And they say, I don't know. I must be one of the patrols returning. And he gets faster and closer and closer and closer. He says, who's that guy? And the other guards look around. They say, I don't know. I don't know who's out right now. And finally he's really close to him and he says, he's an Israelite! And right then he crashes into that guy and they go falling and the three men run through and they run so fast through the line that the Philistines are confused and can't find where this enemy attack is coming from. They've run through. And they get to the other side, a whole mile away from that line and they can see the gate of Bethlehem ahead of them. And they look at each other and like, I can't believe we made it this far. This is great. We're going to do it. And so they get into Bethlehem they walk through the gate very quietly, trying to be careful, and they look again and here the well, unguarded, is sitting there and they can easily get water. And they think, this is wonderful. And then Jonah turns to Ephraim and says, hey, dude, give me your canteen. And he goes, what canteen? You had the canteen. <laughs> he goes, oh, uh, Ben, where's the canteen? And Ben goes, I thought I you, Jonah, you had the canteen. And Jonah goes, oh, my, we got all the way here. And nobody brought a canteen. And they're like, well, I I don't, what are we going to do? And so they start looking around, and what do they find? A little pot, a little pot sitting there by the well. And they think, we're going to fill that up, and we're going to bring it. And here's Jonah. He looks at at Benjamin, he looks at Ephraim, he says, brothers, this is ludicrous. There's not even a stopper on top of the pot. We have to run all these miles back. we got to get back through the line. And you're telling me we don't even have a lid for the canteen? We have a pot full of water? How is this going to work? This is stupid. Let's just turn back. This is not going to work. And the other brothers, sorry, sorry, Anderson. Shouldn't, Shouldn't say that word in front of people. And, yeah, Anderson went, he said stupid. Sorry about that, Anderson. And so... Jonah, who's struggling, looks at Benjamin, and he looks at Ephraim, and Ephraim says, brothers, remember what the king said. He's longing for a drink of this cool water. If we stop now, if we stop now, everything that we've done is in vain. And we may not even make it back alive. But if we take the water with us, at least we're fulfilling what he said. Don't you remember what he said? And they remembered together what David had said. Oh, how he longed for this water to come from the the well by the gate, and they strengthened each other. They filled up that little pot, and they started running back. As they're running, they got back toward the line, and lo and behold, here are all the Philistines, still so confused about what happened hours earlier, that they're just looking, waiting, watching, seeing what will come. And the Israelites come up, the three of them, coming from behind now, so they're not being discovered at all. And they are so sneaky that they've basically come up right alongside all the Philistines, and so as soon as one of the Philistines says, hey, let's go out there and patrol, they go, yeah! And they just start walking out with the patrol in front, sneakily staying with all of them. Then suddenly one of the Philistines in the patrol turns around and looks and he says, wait, who are you? And he looks right at Ephraim. And Ephraim says, ah! Uh, and they take off running. And as they're running, a hail of arrows starts falling. A hail of rocks starts falling. Anything that the Philistines can throw or shoot at the Israelites, they do. And so the three men say, run, run as fast as you can. Let's get to those rocks. And they start running and running and running. And as they're going, they get to the rocks and they turn around and they look at each other and they say, are you okay? And they realize only Benjamin and Jonah have made it together. But Ephraim, who was carrying the pot, trying to be careful not to spill the water, is laying down in the ground behind. And so the two men, out of care and concern, say, what should we do? And they yell out to Ephraim, Ephraim, are you okay? He makes no sound. They think, oh, this might be it. It could be over. He has the water. What do we do? Do we just leave? And they remember each other. They remember that God had given them each other that they should accomplish this mission together. And it wouldn't be right for them just to run back. And instead, the two men run back and grab Ephraim. He's just tripped. He's hurt, but he's okay. They pick him up. They say, grab the water. And the rest of the 10 miles, they go back together to get to the camp. And as they come into the camp, they bring that pot of water to David the king. And they say, David, this water's for you. And what does he see? He sees the sweat. He sees the blood. He sees Ephraim injured but okay. He sees the three men who've listened to just the intention of his heart, who've sacrificed their lives together, their safety together, to go and just do something that on a whim he said. And so instead he takes that water from the pot and looking into their eyes and seeing their devotion, he pours it out unto the Lord. He doesn't just pour it out onto the ground silly. He pours it out to the Lord and he says, Lord, let these men be a glory to you and not to me. And see, that's the heart of David. That's what makes him different. Is that David's heart is turned toward the Lord and the mighty men can rally in themselves to see that their king is a king who's after the king. And it changes everything. And the exploits of those three men resound throughout the camp and now resound throughout all of Christianity as we get to read their story and we ourselves are emboldened by what they've done. All they did was went and got a cup of water. But in the Lord's economy, it was so much more. My prayer at the time was that God would give me a heart to be able to hear the very whisper of his intention. And I'm telling you, what he did instead was he gave me eyes to see how Jesus Christ himself was the realization of that very whisper. That Jesus Christ himself would take the obedience that God had told him to do to such a degree that every whisper, every intention, everything that the Father did, Jesus would turn around and in obedience he would do exactly that. You see, as I looked to have a heart like these men who would be willing to sacrifice things for God, Instead, I saw that we were given a champion who he himself was willing to sacrifice his own life to do all that God had commanded. We have a king much better than David. We have a mighty general much better than these three mighty men. And we've been given now in his new covenant by his very blood. We have been made a people together in one spirit and one baptism that we would serve the one king, the Lord Jesus Christ, and do great exploits for him. And today we're going to honor graduates, graduates who finished kindergarten and graduates who finished high school. And I'm telling you, the road ahead of you might be dark sometimes. There may be times when you see all of the challenges ahead of you that look so big and insurmountable that you do not know if you can accomplish it. And as you meet those occasions, look to the word of God and be strengthened by the words that he said, the truth that he is and what he's done, and not just by what you see in front of you. In that, you will break through the Philistine line. When you get to the place where you know this is the blessing of God, we've made it, look at the peace, look at the well, here we can go, and you look around and you figure you don't have a canteen. Or you feel God pouring out blessing into you and you feel like a broken cistern. You feel like a broken vessel and it's just pouring out of you. Realize that the Lord Jesus himself, he will provide. And by his own word and by his mission, he will fill you. And he will fill all the cracks. He is the one who is our source and our strength. He will help us to accomplish the mission. On the way back, if you fall, if you, if you trip, if you feel an arrow strike you, whatever might happen, realize that you are in a band of brothers and sisters together in the church who will run back for you, who will lift you up. You have elders who love you. No matter if you end up in Paris or Uzbekistan or back here in St. Louis, Missouri, wherever you are in the world, you will always have a family here who loves you, who holds you up in prayer, and who is ready to serve the Lord by coming back and lifting you up. You will always have an eldership who will pray for you and who will stand with you. And there's no question too big. There is no feeling too crazy. There is no whatever in the world that will cause us to abandon you. Because we love Jesus and our King went to the cross for you. What a great God we serve. So with that, graduates, I want to tell you, pray and ask the Lord, not just make my heart like these guys. Pray a better prayer than I prayed. Pray instead to see Jesus. Let the word of God press you forward. The word of God is our rule for life, and it's his word that drives us, his mission. If you follow him, you will find success. Praise the Lord. With that, we're going to bring the graduates up. We want to pray for you.
1: All right. I have Morgan Don James. Come on up here. <laughs> Morgan is graduating from Fort Zumwalt South High School. She's going to Lindenwood University. And her plans Hi. will be to be a featured quarter right and interested in event planning or design. Could I have Elise Louise? You're very welcome. Lu- Louise Kellum, also come join us. She's graduating from Christian High School. Um, and she's going to really go to welcome. Palm Beach Atlantic University. I think that's close. Isn't that close? Yeah. yeah. Close. It's close. <laughs> it's she said great. we could visit anytime. Good. Yeah. And uh, she'll be doing pre-med. That's and awesome. how about Timothy Joseph McFarland? He's graduating from Christian High School. He looks like he should be surfing at Palm Beach.
0: Uh (laughs) But he's going to be going to
1: State Tech in Lynn, Missouri, just this side of Jefferson City. Uh, And he'll be uh, studying design and drafting with plans for a degree in architecture or construction.
0: Amen. Awesome. I'm going to ask Mike to come up. Mike, we love you. We're blessed to have you. We're going to pray for you guys, okay? So just look in the camera. It's all being recorded forever, so it's okay. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't feel bad about anything.
1: Yeah, please,
0: parents, come on up. Yeah. They're, they're grumbling about it, but.
2: <laughs> That's all right. You know, um, you didn't get here by yourself, you guys, although you look very competent, art, a bit, okay. very cool. extremely self-sufficient, but you had the support of mom and dad your whole time. And so we rejoice in this beautiful occasion for a family. Can we just say uh, with our applause and think, what a beautiful set of families, Amen. huh? I mean, this is just fantastic. Amen. What a beautiful family. I want to say to you, Beautiful graduates, this is not your parents' church, okay? It is, but what I'm really getting at is it's your church. And as Stephen said, we hold you in our hearts, and we're with you. And as God continues to work his grace into your lives, our heart is to see and embrace you and to stand with you as you move into this next season of life, whatever it takes on. I mean... We're here for you, and we're wanting to continue to share life until you're older than me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, long time, long time. <laughs> so let's all stand. We're going to pray for these families here, and for these graduates, and uh, we're going to call on the Lord. So I, Stephen, invited me to pray for you, and I went to prayer this week, and I asked the Lord, just what do you have for these beautiful, beautiful graduates? And so I believe the Lord's given me His word. And prayer for us. And so we'll stand together and please extend your heart and your and your faith uh, to these beautiful graduates. So, Morgan and Tim and Elise, we're going to start with a prayer of wisdom. The Bible says, But if you but if any lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously without reproach. And it will be given to him. So Heavenly Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you would give to our children the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Help these young people, Lord, to be influencers in this generation, not conformed to this world Mm -hmm. but transformed by your power. Yes, God. We pray that you you, build into each one of them deep godliness so that they would be more concerned about their character than their reputation. And so, Father, we pray now a prayer of protection yes, over these, our children. Yes, Lord. Your word says that he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide and rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Mm-hmm. And you will say that the Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Lord, we pray for Tim and Elise and for Morgan, Lord, that you would Bring your powerful protection over their lives, over their minds as they go from this place and embark upon a new journey. Mm -hmm. Protect their coming and their going. We know that your word says that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. So, Lord, protect them and hold them close to you. And, Lord, we pray for that guidance and direction for them. Your word says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, give our children wisdom for direction, wisdom for making decisions in life. We ask that you would help them to be bold and strong and stand for what is right, even Mm -hmm. if it means standing alone. So, Lord, we ask that you would guide their footsteps, and that every gift and treasure that you put within them, Lord, that you would cause it to grow, to develop, and to flourish, to bring you glory, and to bring them happiness and contentment. Yes, Lord. Build deep character within them, stronger faith, and use any hardship in their lives, Lord, to cause them to trust you more. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we pray now for the parents as well as these students, Lord, Lord. A prayer of peace. Lord, you said in your word to not be anxious about anything, Mm -hmm. but in everything through prayer and supplication that we are to let our requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Cover our children and these families with your peace. Yes, God. We pray, Lord, that their thoughts would not be drawn to worry or fear but rather their thoughts, Lord, would be captured by you, and they would be drawn to hope and expectation and blessing and good things in your providential care. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. And, Lord, we finally pray for godly friendships for them as they move into these new locations. Lord, for Morgan and Tim, Lord, and Elise, Lord, your word says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Lord, we pray that you would surround mm-hmm. these children with great friends, godly friends, and relationships, Lord, for now and relationships that they will hold all the days of their lives. Yes, God. Guard them from people with wrong motives and harmful influences, yes. mm-hmm. even Jesus their instructors, Lord. In Jesus' name. Lord, keep them from fools. Yes, God. Give them the wisdom to look beyond outward appearances to the heart within. Mm-hmm pray that you would surround them with friends and leaders who would challenge them to press closer into you. Yes, God. So, Lord, we ask that all of these things would be granted to your children, to these families, Lord. We ask, Lord, that over all of these things, your great joy would be their strength. That laughter would be quick in their heart and that they would look to the future with joy. You said in your word, Lord, that we're to enjoy the days of our yes, youth. Thank you. Cause them, Lord, I pray, to have sweet memories yes. and to enjoy these mm-hmm. days. Thank and you, that Lord. laughter and joy and abundance and the strength of the Lord would be thank theirs. You, Praise you, Jesus. Lord, we hold them up to you mm-hmm. and we say, Lord, do a great work. And these are children. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Amen. We say Amen Amen. and Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so excited
1: for you.
0: Can I have the certificates, please? Thank you. Here you go, Morgan. Great job. That's for you. Here you go, Tim. Well done. Let's give another round of applause. All
1: right, can I ask for Elise Kate Kennedy to come on up here? Alice. Alice.
0: Come on, Alice. Alice.
1: Elise. All right, Alice. Alice. Come on up. And Katherine Renee Burke, could you join us as well? Where is she at? There she is. This is for uh, you?
0: Alice Good Catherine job. Brown. Come on up right here, okay? Right there. Good job. Perfect.
1: So they're graduating kindergarten. I mean, Ellis is graduating from Kirk Day School. You look great. Uh, okay, step right, right here just a little bit. Or a Perfect, right there. Perfect. Oh, yeah. So there you go.
0: Catherine, here's a certificate. And I'm going to let me take the heavy Bible uh, and you hold is that one,
1: okay? From day this is a certificate for you, okay? I'll hold your heavy
0: kindergarten kindergarten
1: Bible for you. And wants Good to job. be you look great. a
0: race car driver. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Aren't they loving Let's give them a big round of applause. Well done, girls. And we're going to pray for you and for you as well, okay? Parents, do you want to come on up? Yeah. Come on, Anderson, you can come up too, okay? That's so great. Come on, bud. We've got some parents at home. We have some sick babies at home. Yeah. And so we're going to keep a little distance even here. some
2: other kindergartens.
0: Let's keep our, yes, like, we'll keep our six foot... All right.
2: All right, would you stand to your feet and extend your faith to these beautiful children? Father, in Jesus' name, behold your children. Lord, they are called by your name. We thank you covenantally, Lord, these children were dedicated to you. Lord, they were dedicated to you before they took their first breath. Mm -hmm. Lord, you've formed and knit these children in the mother's womb. Yes, God. All of their days were before you, before one came into existence. So, Lord, we thank you for a good providence over these beautiful girls. We thank you, Lord, of your hand that is upon them, guiding them, guiding their mind and their hearts towards holy things. We thank you, Lord, for family and moms and dads who are crazy about their beautiful little girls. Yes, God. We pray your blessing upon their lives as they go through this summer and the future years of school, that you would educate them in your ways, that you would teach them, Lord, how to walk before you and to treasure you above all other things. Yes, Lord. And, Lord, we hold up to you not only their lives, Lord, but their eternity. We hold up to them Lord the eternal part of them that lasts forever their gorgeous soul. Yes God. We say Lord keep that soul near to you. Yes, hold Lord. them close to you. Thank Draw you them Jesus. with cords of love to yourself Lord. Thank you Jesus. That they would all of their days Lord grow to know you. The highest and the most important thing of life mm-hmm. is to know you. We say Lord bless them now. In Jesus name in Jesus And name. thank you for the journey of thank finishing you. kindergarten. Hallelujah. And the great expectations thank they you, have Lord. for the future. Thank you Meet Lord. them along the way of life in thank Jesus
0: name. Amen. 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 Hey, David.: Hey, Jackie.: Good job. You're welcome, sweet P. And Lord, we pray for Collins to feel better. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for coming today. The Lord is with you. Receive this blessing. May you know the rule of the Father. May you know the peace of the Son. And may you know the joy of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Have a great day. God bless you. Thank you.